from WRHU in Hempstead, New York. This is Getting to the Root. We explore issues in depth and shed light on important topics that you won't hear on your day-to-day news broadcast. Covering topics of local, national, and international importance while bringing community voices to center stage. Hello, everyone. My name is Dennis Belen Morales, and you're listening to Getting to the Root. Today, we'll be talking about the first global workshop on human rights strategies for indigenous leaders of the global south. The workshop was held in Colombia in December 2017. The workshop had three main objectives. First, to consolidate alliances and articulations between activists and indigenous organizations. Secondly, it aimed to strengthen advocacy and mobilization of the participants through learning sessions and collective reflections. Finally, the workshop aimed to build a global strategy for the defense and promotion of the rights of indigenous people. One of the participants of the first global forum on indigenous peoples that took place in the Sierra Nevada of Santa Malta in Colombia was our very own Mario Murillo, professor of communications and Latin American studies at Hofstra University and a regular contributor to Getting to the Root. Joining us now is Mario Murillo, a professor of communication and Latin American studies at Hofstra University and a contributing producer to Getting to the Root. Mario, tell us about the forum, who sponsored it, what was the objective? Well, thanks for having me, uh, uh, Dennis. It's great to be here. Uh, yeah, the forum was the, uh, it was actually called the first global workshop for indigenous leaders uh, and the subtitle Strategies for Defending Human Rights. And it was uh, convened by the organization De Justicia, of Justice, as it translates into English, which is a non-governmental organization based in Bogota, but they have uh, work and, and, and offices around the world that focuses on human rights, human rights development and protection of human rights around the world, uh, and in particular in, in Colombia. And so this was an interesting workshop that uh, where the organizers brought together indigenous activists, leaders, organizers, communities from around the world. Literally, they were representatives of many countries from Uganda, from Burundi, from uh, Cameroon, Senegal, South Sudan, uh, from Asia. We saw people from uh, Cambodia, from the Philippines, representatives from uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan. There was people from Nepal. There was representatives from Latin America, from Ecuador, from uh, Mexico, from uh, uh, Peru, and of course from Colombia. And the idea was that there's a lot of issues affecting territorial rights, um, uh, defense of culture, language rights, uh, violence against indigenous communities all around the world that, that they kind of share and, and they parallel one another. So this organization, De Justicia, brought them together to the Sierra Nevada of Santa Marta, which is in the northernmost part of Colombia in the Caribbean coast. And it's a beautiful territory where a number of indigenous communities inhabit. It's, it's considered sacred indigenous territory. And they brought them together to, to work about all sorts of different strategies to deal with human rights. They had issues around territorial questions, international law, um, education uh, around indigenous rights, and they also had a strong media and communication component where they had uh, uh, filmmakers doing training about video production as a tool for human rights. They had uh, writers uh, doing workshops about writing, about 
press releases and stories, etc. And they invited me as a radio person, as a journalist and a radio person, to conduct workshops on producing radio as a tool for human rights, using podcasts and creating podcasts. So it was a really diverse group, and it was an incredible experience of, of about 10 days uh, up there in the Sierra Nevada back in December. What made it so significant or different, you know, from a regular forum? Well, I think one of the things is that it was very hands-on. We were, we were being hosted by Cancuamo, the Cancuamo community. Cancuamo is one of many indigenous communities in Colombia, one of the four indigenous communities that inhabit the Sierra Nevada. The Sierra Nevada is a set of mountains uh, in the Caribbean coast. It's the highest mountain peaks in the world that sit by the ocean, by the actual shore, right? So it's an, a unique place. Uh, you have snow-capped mountains at the top and all sorts of diverse uh, bi uh, biodiversity in the rest of the area. And the host uh, co community, the Cancuamos, welcomed us. So we were kind of like, we created like this family space with all these mm -hmm. people from all around the world. And what, was, what made it unique was that it, was, it allowed us to share and hear the different stories from all these different places that I outlined before that are experiencing the same things, right? That they're experiencing uh, invasion of their, their sacred territories by foreign multinationals, extractive industries like oil and, and energy industries. You, you're seeing examples of violence being carried out against the communities, uh, forced displacement against the communities. Uh, so, so, so they were sharing experiences uh, and even though they were coming from all over the world, you can see so many commonalities. And it was being documented and, and, and reported on you know, the, the communities themselves are recording stuff. And so it was a really unique uh, opportunity for, for sharing experiences, but also learning from, from the different uh, experiences that were there. Can you um, mention, like, you know, you talked about what you did, but can you go a little bit more into detail exactly what was it about? What was your workshop or, you know, what did you conduct? Well, the thing is, is that um, around the world, and as you probably know, I mean, a lot of my work has been in the use, uh, it has been in radio and in media, but, but not from the commercial standpoint. I've worked a lot with community radio and community radio around the world, here in the United States and in Latin America, for sure, but also in Asia and Africa and other places. Community radio has always been seen as, a, as not just a uh, space for entertainment and listening to music and kind of c connecting the community with with those kinds of uh, um, you know media products but it's really looked at as a tool for civic engagement for local community engagement to bring communities together to express themselves to engage uh, audiences both their own local audiences but their external audiences as, as well the, the, the larger population in general about what's going on in those communities um, and so the organizers of this uh, forum that took place in the Sierra Nevada and Colombia in, in December, they recognized that radio is a tool, could be used as a tool to defend human rights, right? So those experiences that I described, the encroachments in their territories, etc., the idea is how do we tell, how do we work with these communities to develop stories and put them on the air and maybe even create podcasts because obviously the idea of sharing these stories now, it's not only over the FM or AM airwaves, now we're talking about using social media and online resources to get those stories out. So, so I was working with them, and it was interesting. We had a series of different um, uh, pro productions that were being done. One of them, which we're, we'll be hearing shortly, that you'll be sharing here on Getting to the Root, was a montage of different voices from those communities, not all of them, but in the, in the montage that you're about to hear. Basically, six, five or six different people. I believe there's one from the USA, a Lakota woman from, the, from North America. There was a couple of other people from Africa that, speak, that you'll hear their voices from. 
all of them talking about how water is so essential in their communities and how their water sources and their local rivers are being threatened. And it just so happened when, we, when, these, when, the, when those activists were, when we were training with them and showing them the microphones and recording, we were recording by this very sacred river of the Canquamo people. So you can hear the sounds of the, of the river going by as they're telling their stories about their wow. rivers that are under threat by foreign invasions, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really interesting, and it was, there was somewhat magic being done. So you, that's, that's what we're about to hear now, this little segment, where you hear the different voices telling their stories, what are the experiences, but it's all part of a training radio workshop that they were, they were producing as part of this 10-day uh, uh, summit. So let's take a moment to listen to the voices of the people here, and then we'll get back to Mario Murillo. Right. The piece was produced. The, it was finally edited and mixed by a, a, a Nepalese activist who, when we were there, he was, you know, he had he ha actually worked with a community radio station in his, in his home territory in Nepal. So he was the one who kind of took mm -hmm. the lead in putting it together digitally, editing it, mixing it. But all of the people were involved in recording and, and kind of telling their stories. That's interesting. Now, let's take a moment to listen to this really quickly. Mi nombre es Iván Adolfo Luquez Mindiola, miembro del pueblo indígena Cancuamo, ubicados en la vertiente suroriental de la Sierra Nevada de Santa Marta, conocida también como el corazón del mundo. My name is Iván Adolfo. I belong to the Cancuamo community in the Sierra Nevada de Santa Marta. We're out right now in the community of Chemesquemena, and this river, the Guatapuri River, is one key aspect of our community. All our life is around this community. This is where we, we take the water to cook. This is where women go down to wash. This is where men and children go in to bathe. This is part of our community. And our the river is currently threatened because they want to build a dam on the river. But the Sierra Nevada de Santa Marta is the heart of the world. And what our elders have told us is that if they put a dam on the river, is like putting a stoppage to the blood flood in our system. We need to protect it. And that's why we are so much against the dam and the river, all the extractive industries that are going to affect the river, which is the blood of the heart of the world. That's why we fight for it. We fight against the dam for the protection of Mother Nature because that is what we have been entrusted with. Protect Mother Nature, protect Mother Nature and protect the flow of the river in the heart of the world. So my name is uh, El Haji Sambasol Nindardo. I'm from Senegal in West Africa. So uh, I'm from a pastoralist community, a family, a traditional herding, which have cattle and used to move to find grass. So we have a river, it's named the Senegal River, shared by three, three countries, Senegal, Mali, and Mauritania. This is a source of water for all this region in the north of Senegal. So it's very important for us because it's a, a place where we can have grass in the dry season. You know, in the West Africa, we have only three months of rainy season and after we have a dry season. So it's very important for us. And, uh, you know, when the dam was uh, uh, built in the, uh, in the 90 years, so it's 
brain problems. So that's why I, I think that if we come here in the in the territories, in the territories, in the Nevada territories, so it will be great for them to support them or to to join our force together, so to fight this because we have the we have the impact of building dams. We have the impact of building dams because now we can't grow food correctly. We can have grass correctly because of this dam built in my country. So if the Colombian government want to build a dam here, it can cause a disaster in this area, in this peaceful area. So it's a big issue. So we have to fight together and join our force together to stop this Hi, my name is Ruth Anna Buffalo and I am a citizen of the Mandan, Hidatsa, and Arikara Nation. I'm originally from Mandaree, uh, which is located on the Fort Berthold Reservation. Um, historically, our tribes were agricultural people, um, but with, in the early 1950s, we, our community was flooded to, so that a dam could be built. Uh, this dam is called the Garrison Dam. Um, so 94% of our agricultural land is currently underwater, and it has been underwater since the 1950s. Um, so our fam our, my family has undergone a lot of um, atrocities, and we've, we're forced to relocate once again after being put on a reservation. Um, and so to present day, where we're at now, uh, we have faced a lot of environmental um, harm regarding the uh, Bakken oil formation where they are now fracking within our homelands so our water, air and soil, our land is in jeopardy. Um, with the population growth that has come to our area there have been increased traffic fatalities, there's also been increased crime, increased drug use, increased traffic, um, human trafficking. And the name of our river is called Missouri River and so we are located northern, north of Standing Rock so the oil development that is happening in our community is going to flow downstream. Um, all of the fracking waste that is being uh, improperly disposed into the Missouri River is going to flow downstream to all of the communities. Um, all the way down to like the Mississippi River. Um, so there are a lot of communities that are going to be greatly impacted by the um, negative effects of the oil industry. Um, so I have seen firsthand what the oil development um, has done to a community. Our communities are split. Um, we're currently we are forced to now work on missing and murdered indigenous women. There is a young mother from my hometown community who has been missing since October uh, 24th and she is a mother of five a uh, young lady um, so those are some uh, just a small quick snapshot of what our communities are facing Thank you very much. Uh, my name is uh, Frederick in Sivambi, Senyonga, from uh, Uganda, and I work with an organization called Cross Culture Foundation of Uganda. And 50% uh, of my work is to support uh, indigenous minority groups to reclaim their spaces, to reclaim um, their cultural resources, and to access, enjoy, and express their cultural rights. So one of the groups um, um, we, we've been working with is called the Batwa, 
community found in Western Uganda. In uh, 1991, they were evicted from their homeland, the forest, and uh, it was gazetted a national park. And when they were evicted, they were thrown in the middle of a trading center without any uh, post-eviction policy. So um, uh, for a number of years, they were on their own, without any government support, without, you know, support from anyone. Until a few years ago when we came in to support them to um, reclaim part of the forest mm -hmm. because they cannot survive anywhere else apart from in a forest environment. So um, I'm glad that uh, I'm here in Colombia to exchange ideas and to learn from experiences from other parts of the world so that we can enrich our campaign to support the Batua community in Uganda to be able to um, get part of the forest, um, not the entire forest, because it is a matter of uh, if they are to get the whole forest, it means they have to change the law, which is impossible in the foreseeable future. But what we can do is to ask government to give them a portion of land so that they can uh, reclaim and regain part of the, their life and part of their survival. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, my name is Benson. I it is quite challenging uh, when it comes to giving a full uh, responsibility for the indigenous people to protect the river. Uh, we have uh, one of our rivers as indigenous people, it's called Yei River, uh, because uh, of uh, multiple interests, we realized that the indigenous people have been pushed out and uh, uh, they were not given any say about the river and uh, you know as the, 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 the situation change we, uh, we find that the river diminishes and you know issues to do with the climate change comes in and all this so because no protection is being uh, uh, strategies for protection are being put in place and today as I talk we are anticipating that in the next few years maybe five or ten years the river must, uh, may, may, may disappear and uh, that is the most uh, 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 issue that's really affecting the indigenous people uh, most personally in South Sudan. My name is Nepra from Cambodia, indigenous people, belong to indigenous people it's called Bunong people. So in our community, we have also problem with uh, uh, destroy the land, nature, and the river has destroyed by the company, and they want they want to to build a dam in the river. Especially, there's a place called Sesan River. So we are very like a very weak and not strong. We are small community. That's why we are, I am coming here to join together and by hoping that in the future and could support each other and then we'll be stronger and then uh, that uh, the company and the government will listen to us when we are stronger. Okay, so there you have it, uh, Dennis. That was, uh, again, an excerpt uh, from a 
radio workshop that I was doing in the Sierra Nevada of Santa Marta in the Caribbean coast of Colombia in December. It was part of the first global workshop for indigenous leaders uh, working around strategies for defending human rights in which, as I said before in the beginning, uh, was part of a, a radio as a tool for defending human rights was one of the issues involved. So the piece we just heard were, were a number of voices talking about their experiences related to water and defense of their territorial rights as they deal with some of the major issues affecting their own local communities around the world. Thank you for that. In terms of wrapping this up, you know, I don't want to get too much into detail about it, but, you know, the future of the peace process, what should we be looking out for? Well, there's a lot of things going on right now in Colombia, and I look forward to hopefully we can deal with it at greater length. uh, in future editions of Getting to the Root, Dennis, because I have a lot of material. In fact, when I was there in the winter and, you know, five weeks in Colombia, I was doing a lot of interviews with different communities around the country, not only in the Caribbean, um, talking about the situation uh, in the so-called post-conflict. So the, as you, as some of our listeners may know, the Colombian government and the rebels, longtime armed group called the FARC, Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, they signed an agreement, a peace agreement in 2016. And over the last year and a half or so, it's been very difficult trying to implement the, the, the measures in, that were included in that peace accord. And it's really intense, a lot of uh, complications that have been going on. And it's happening in the midst of a political campaign because right now, literally in about a week and a half, on March 11th, for example, there'll be national elections for the Congress in Colombia. And then in May 27th, there'll be presidential elections. So the country's right now involved in, as you would imagine, <laughs> a major political campaign. Yeah. And the question is, whoever wins those elections and the majority party, Will they continue moving forward with the peace accords that were signed, not only with the FARC, but other another negotiation that's going on with another armed group, the ELN, another smaller guerrilla group that's in negotiations with the government right now? What's going to happen with that? So it's really complicated. There's a lot of concerns, a lot of violence that still continues, notwithstanding the, the end of the so-called armed conflict between these two sides. Uh, so I hope we can look at that in a future edition of Getting to the Root. Yeah, we hope to listen to more of the interesting <coughs> things about Colombia We'll have another segment about you and, you know, about Colombia and the election process that's going on right now. It'll be a pleasure to do it. Thanks so much for having me, Dennis. Thank you for your contribution to today's show. We've been listening to Mario Murillo, a professor of communications and Latin American Caribbean studies here at Hofstra University. I'm Dennis Belen Morales, and you're listening to Getting to the Root. Ben Abrams here. You're listening to Getting to the Root. Thank you to our executive producer, Dennis, for that great interview with our faculty advisor and mentor, Mario A. Murillo. That's all for this edition of Getting to the Root, but here's a quick preview of what we've got lined up for next week. You're never going to be able to have a truly independent, apolitical drawing of districts, Uh, but you can not ask the legislators who are going to benefit the most from gerrymandering to do the redistricting themselves. Our executive producer, Naila Andre, brings us yet another story about local politics, but this time it's on an even bigger scale. All that and more on next week's edition of Getting to the Root. Thank you to the musicians who contributed their work to this project. We'd like to thank Safi No and Ryan Little. All of their music was accessed via the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. Remember, you can find us on Mixcloud. Just go to mixcloud.com gttr. Thanks for listening, and tune in again next week.